I have a problem with David Hetty. You can open a set by being like really distraught and uncomfortable and slow and saying, I want to know what I Hello, welcome to another episode of I Have a Problem with David Hetty. I'm David Hetty. Um, Alright, well, today my guest is, his name is Nick, or Nicholas Hewn Brown, and he's a very old friend, a very good friend. We've been friends for maybe 15 years, you know, in grade 10, uh, you know, I went to this new school, and he and his friends were kind of the guys that I, you know, I thought I got along with best. And so they sort of adopted me as another member of the group. And so, you know, just like your good group of friends in high school, like six guys, and I think we, we probably would say that we were friends because we had the best senses of humor. Although I guess they were just, I don't know, you know, they were similar. Um, and so the thing is, I'm a little apprehensive about having him on here because he knows me very well. And, you know, we've had countless camping trips and poker nights and, like, weird events and, like, seen each other through many, you know, times in university and girlfriends and all these things. And he's also, like, a very intelligent guy and, uh, you know, funny and sharp and... I think kind of a little, I think he won't be afraid to be like brutally honest. And I think he's been apprehensive about coming on here, in fact, because I think he's afraid that uh, things could go badly or that feelings could be hurt. But I kind of feel this is one, you know, I mean, it's, I guess it's a, it's a friendship where you can say things. Or we, I don't know. Have we said terrible things to each other? I don't know. Anyway, he's a, he's a journalist. Um, he writes feature pieces for Toronto Life and The Walrus and, you know, National Post and The Globe. And, and I think we're... Anyway, uh, any, whatever. If, you, if, you, if you're literate and you live in Canada, you most likely read what he's written. Um, and so that's about it. I'm excited to have him. And I, and I'm, I don't know what's going to happen, obviously. But I hope that will come out not worse friends for it. Okay. Yeah. What's in the front room? It's a it's the living room. And look when I leave. Alright. So How's it going? All right. Thanks for com- thanks for coming. No problem. Um. Anyway, I mean, I'm a little apprehensive about this. I think. I don't uh, know. I. <laughs> I think I was joking in my in my emails about you know wanting to have all my wits about me or whatever. Really? Okay. Because then now there's only now I don't have anything to drink. But my roommate would which drives me crazy. Do you want half of that? I don't even want to hold. Really? All right. Yeah. We can yeah. try that. But what she does is. She opens a beer like this, and she keeps it in the fridge for, like, four days. 
And it's not even so much that I think it's bad to have beer in the fridge like this, because I feel as though it can, like it can lead to bacteria growing. Like once in undergrad, a be- an open beer was left in the like the the college boy fridge over Christmas break, and there was mold everywhere afterwards. But it's also like some weird kind of statement, like she, you know, has so much self control, or somehow that she's okay with like a half a glass of beer every day. <laughs> you think it's a statement? I think it's. Do you think she actually drinks it after keeping it there for more than? I don't think a so. Minute? It's yes. disgusting. I know. Yesterday she said that it's all gone flat. Yeah, it's gross. But then she didn't throw it out. Did she not? Did she not understand what beer how beer works. I don't know why she kept it there, and then she's not coming home tonight. Apparently, she's going home to her parents' place for the day. It's not a big. So you're saying there's one of these in there that's half. That's the one. That's yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. Anyway. Is it hers or is it yours? Well, it's hers, but I mean, she's not coming back in a day. I can just replace it, right? Yeah. You should. You just get a glass. You can have. For sure, you can have half of that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, so what's? How does it? Well, let's say. Well, how do? How do? How do we? I mean, we know each other for like fifteen years, maybe. Yeah, since grade. Ten, grade nine, grade nine, grade ten. Um, yeah, it's a long time. Basically. Yeah, like, you know, a very good friends, a very good group of guy friends. Yeah. Like, the two of us. No, not the two of us. Like, you know, I don't know, seven or so, and they're, you know, people in different circumferences or or orbits. And, um, you know, I don't know, lots of, like, camping trips and weekends and poker nights and anyway, all these things. Yeah. And we knew each other well. Yeah. And that makes and and like are, I mean, do you have something serious to discuss? Like, is this like a real something? Something? You've no, heard? it's not something that's been. When you told me about the podcast, I've like, like I I remember being like incredibly irritated and annoyed at you like multiple times over fifteen years. Uh-huh. But I couldn't. Um, I can remember like general, like major character faults that I've, I've found in you, but not like specific anecdotes that I could you know. But are these faults that you've, you've articulated over the years? Like to me? Yeah, I think yeah, I think probably. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think you've, you've heard all those. But and there's, you know, I could think of a few few specific anecdotes that are like, you know, particular, that are irritating that I remember. But irritating in the sense that, like, I, like, okay, annoying or like kind of... I don't know that are that make me look like a good, like a me like a bad person. I mean, like, well, like that you took in good humor, like we're annoying, or like are really like you like you question you. I, I don't know. No, well, obviously we're still friends after all these years, so I don't, you know, I haven't like taken them as as like this, this like off, you know, think you're an awful person or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, but I think that you know, there are any times in which you're in the wrong. <laughs> because of like the idea of this anyway, because you were you think this is a good idea. You you, you know, in the abstract, you're like, well, this this is an interesting idea for a show. Yeah, but it's interesting because of because of who you are particularly right like it's not a good idea for for like just any person or comic right because you 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 know you rub people a certain way sometimes or you're you know you're you're very particular you yeah apparently yeah yeah. (laughs) um should i tell you about should i tell you one one thing yeah 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 um okay this this was just like the first thing i remember no 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 i don't have several okay (laughs) um do you it was like three I don't know, it was four years, since since I was back in Toronto, and my sister was having some um, some event, maybe it was a birthday thing at like Nirvana, up on College and, college and, college and, uh, and Bathurst. Yeah. 
I don't remember. I actually don't remember why we were all there, but it was a bunch of, I think, her friends, and then, like, me. I think he met Lane was there, and, like, he... he said something denigrating about law or something and you were in law school at the time and you and you like took offense to that that was like the context of the night anyway Lorna my girlfriend and I were there and the three of us all lived in the same area at the time so you must have been yeah maybe you were in this apartment you think I lived in the area you lived in the same area that Lorna and I lived okay which was you know which is like maybe a 20 minute walk from there and like a three-minute cab or something. Okay. Um, so you asked if Lauren and I are going to cab home. And we said, yeah, totally. Let's let's just put a cab. And then and you said, but if the two of you were already planning oh, on cabbing home, home. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, would, why, would, why does it make any difference? <laughs> if, if I'm in as well, wouldn't that be like a, you know, why, why I don't, you know... If you if you're not going home, I'll just walk because I don't want to. I don't want to spend any money. But if you are, um, <laughs> but if you're going doing that already, like why not? Uh, you know, why not just take me as well? And that like, that <laughs> and probably in, under like regular circumstances, I just sort of said, "Here, come, you know, jump in a cab or going home or something." Right. But uh, that that argument like it irritated me. I don't remember how it resolved itself, but I think. I think you. I think you probably ended up walking home, and we just took a cab and like refused to take you. Really? But um, I think it's um, yeah. So that's 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 one example. That's a, Do you remember that? I I I I think I seem to recall. I don't know. I seem to recall like where I was sitting. Maybe something like this. Yeah, there was some earlier in the night. There was something with seating, and you were like. Not with not with us and next to Lane, who you know you were finding irritating. Oh, right. Yeah. And then, and I think this was all on the same night. It was definitely all in Nirvana. Um, I mean, I don't remember this whole cab thing. I can under, I can under, I can understand, I can understand it. But was it was I angry at that about this? Like, did you agree? Like, how did you say it was a? We we had like an we had an argument for for a little while. It was like why wouldn't why wouldn't you take me if you're already going? And I said why wouldn't you just pitch? That's like the the you know that's the social thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was and I think it was you making it into this like intellectual argument that like just sort of ignored. I don't know, just like the social niceties or something, right? Which is kind of which is something you often do, not necessarily in that like. You know, in a negative way. But acknowledging that it was sort of disrespectful, or 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 or, or of the, of what the do you mean? Behind. Like, I mean, like to make an argument to say that, like for instance, like when I went into work once, mm-hmm. I didn't hand in some assignment. Yeah. And I said, look, like I'm, like I, this is not right to you. This is wrong to you. And so it was kind of it was kind of acting in a way, yeah. but acknowledging it. Yeah. And so at the time, was I saying, yeah, like I understand this is what's normally done. No, no, no. You were making the the argument that you know, which which has a certain you know, like you know, it, it follows. There's there's a rational argument to be made that like if if two people are going to a place and they would go there regardless, sure. like why not? You know. And that that's like a valid. Utilitarian argument. Yeah, that's a valid utilitarian argument. But if it doesn't upset you, you know. Well, yeah, but you didn't. But you didn't offer the ride, which would have been different, obviously. I because I asked if you. you were yeah, you home. you asked. I think. So. I mean, I can imagine in like one slightly different scenario, us just saying like, you know, we're jumping in a cab, right? Um, 
And you making a, that kind of argument is something that, like, like often I'll find that when we're talking, you'll say, uh, like, one ought not to do that, or like someone, you know, I, I <laughs> in, in terms of, like, thinking about things from the sort of, like, platonic ideal of how people should act rationally versus, like, pr- pragmatically how things happen in the world and how, like, stuff just happens smoothly, you know? But then... If if you agree with it, is that not okay? For instance, because sometimes you do things that maybe maybe someone acts how they're not you know how they shouldn't act how they ought not act right, um, and you can like call them on that or you can like try and correct that action or you can just like at that point you go with the flow because you recognize that like often you transgress whatever like moral code you think you have you know but then. I'm a, but I'm okay, I think, with being told when that happens, that if I transgress some code. Um, yeah, actually you are. You are pretty okay with that. Um, I, can't, I can't think. Yeah, I think, I think you, you would be, like, op- open to that, that criticism. I think so. Like, but usually in society with normal people, they just let those things slide with the recognition that, like, that's just, that just, like lubricates social interaction. But that's how the society improves or gets better. Like, if you're constantly being like, I'm not going to make a fuss, then you you have, like, slavery still. I'm not saying, you know... <laughs> that's true. Well, to some extent. Yeah, 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 you're a hero. <laughs> no, like, yes, that, like, 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 for instance, okay, I went at some comedy festival, I was given, I think I, it's, a, it's like a, from a tweet from yesterday, I was given this this swat, this bag of like you know sponsors goods yeah and one was from a sex shop and they gave me a vibrator yeah and I don't need for this vibrator and so it's sitting in my drawer and I have this roommate and I want to give her the vibrator because yeah. I have no need for it yeah. and it's never been used and like I why do you why do you, why your roommate in particular it's because she's she's like sick, nearby female she's just sitting here close by yeah and you know what to be anyway but that's a different issue but you know <laughs> Because, like, I guess to be honest, I don't like. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't like the idea of vibrators, really. And and I what do you mean? Why don't you like the idea of them? I don't know. Like, I guess it's a different. What phys, phys, physiognomy? What's the word? Physiognomy. Right? Physiognomy. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess it's easier for guys to like pleasure themselves than women, or I don't know. I guess there are implements for guys as well. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just I just I had I have this value of like. So the natural, natural way of going about things. And for instance, it's even the same thing like uh, at a vapor lounge. I find it so much more sinister when I see these like these vaporizers and these little, like a joint or something. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't like I don't know I. That's you know, weird. Though you use also you know, yeah. like I'm sort of more com- like I'm more comfortable with someone I'm not sleeping with. Giving that giving the vibrator to her. Yeah. Than someone I am sleeping with. Is you find it like a little threatening maybe or? Is it threatening? It's not. No, it's not. No, it's not that it's not threatening. It's just like it's a total turnoff, and I think like almost maybe inherent intrinsically, it's kind of not intrinsically it's bad, but like it's like pornography. Like it's not. It's kind of it's too like artificial or something. It's not pure. It's not pure. <laughs> not like not like jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Huh. All these implements, all these implements you have on, where, where, where does it end? Yeah, but you don't have any fault with implements in, like, every other facet of your life, right? You're not... 
I mean, there's not very many things in this room. I think in lots of do. I think I I think generally, yeah, sure. I like to keep things pretty simple. Yeah. So anyway, so I want to give I want to I want to give her this vibrator, but I feel like it's very you know you don't do it's very uncomfortable because the implication is that she's going to be, you know, using the vibrator. Yeah. In this under under your roof. (laughs) And she's subletting, right? So that's it's an outrage. But but the thing is, is that. I'm totally okay. I'm sure she's okay with with with, with uh, the idea that I think she masturbates, and I am okay with that. But still, it's a weird thing to accept from, for me. It's like very forward, you know. It's it's like well, you just say like I got the swag bag, all sorts of crazy stuff in it. <laughs> you want it, or any of your lady friends? Uh, Look, I have no. You don't use. have to like wrap the vibrator and like knock on her door. I have no use for for either of these things. One's a sticker and one's a vibrator. <laughs> so they just gave you a vibrator in this comedy festival. Um, I, 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 I ate everything else, so. But, yeah, so that's, so what's the point of this? Oh, yeah, and I like think social that, norms are... yeah, and I think that it's no different if I were to, were to have received a t-shirt from a festival that was too small for me, and I'd be like, here, I can't use this, it's of no value to me, so you, why let it go to waste? Because, because one is like, t- is broaching this like very intimate subject, right? It's more like if you had... I don't know what other what other very you know intimate private acts usually have, but you know, like a, they gave me too many antidepressants this month, or yeah, something. or something, <laughs> or like an I don't know an enema bag or something that you ah. know, like a, something that n- nothing you know, no judgment, no judgment. But then it. shouldn't we be above that? I think ideally, I think if we had interaction, it was kind of uncomfortable. I think the next time she was offered a vibrator, she'd like it'd be go much, you know, much more smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you need to, you know, bridge that, bridge that gap. I don't know if that's like a problem that needs, necessarily needs solving. I think she probably emerged from from this being more comfortable with, with the idea of her masturbating. <laughs> Just greet her in the morning. Good night. Thumbs up. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what we're talking about. But. Well, this is violating social norms, like being like, kind of removing yourself from from the, the social awkwardness that may ensue because you see like some greater you know good to emerge. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying what you often do is you'll call people on violating not social norms, but your own um, you know your own morality, your own co- code of what you think people ought and ought not do. But do I present it as some sort of like absolute way of, of going about things, or I suggest it? Yeah, as you're like, outraged. At, at like, I don't know. Your daily outrage is that you tell me about someone who's done this, some um, you know, like chewing loudly in a theater, or no, no, no. I mean, not so much that. But I, know, I have a bad, I have a bad memory for these kind of things, actually. But do you think that that's something that you, you know, that you experience? Do you do you feel like? often wronged or aggrieved? I feel as though people don't make themselves sufficiently uncomfortable for, for, to like, to allow, like, you know, to allow for others to coexist with them in society. Like, the only reason we, 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 we live together is because we sacrifice our natural freedoms. Yeah. So wait, so what are you saying? And so I feel as though 
I don't know. Like if I have to sacrifice, if I have to stop what I'm doing, then you should stop what you're doing that you want to, that you feel like doing. Like what's a specific example of this? A specific example. Like, uh, I don't know. Let's say like, this is a totally socially aberrant. I think, I don't think it's like controversial, but listening to external speakers on a streetcar. Yeah. That's outrageous. I can't imagine, like, I don't know if this person is insane or just totally like, you know, has no care for a fellow common man. Yeah. And so what I do in those situations, oh, you know, actually, the other day, um, what happened is I was on the subway in Montreal and this guy was listening to his speakers mm-hmm. like this and a couple stops passed and I went up to him and I was like, can you please like turn off your speakers? Yeah. And he kind of, you know, gave me a look and did it, uh, you know, kind of very aggressively and people were kind of giving me, you know, silent nods of approval. And yeah. then the next day I was going home and as I gave the via rail ticket agent my ticket he said you're the guy from the this, the metro yesterday who told the guy to turn the thing down and i was like oh yeah 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 and he's like he's like good like thanks very much like good job i was like oh thanks you know i went down i took my seat it was very nice yeah and then i'm sitting there <laughs> waiting to leave and then i get a a tap on the shoulder i look up and it's another via rail guy and he gives me a free paper and it's not like everyone got a free paper. Yeah. But it was, you know? Yeah. And I was, it was so... Ah, you're a hero in that situation. No, See, you're... that's the kind of thing... No. <laughs> it's true. There's a good side to some of that. Like, not letting things slide. There's, there's, there's too much we let go in society. That, like, is... Uh, <laughs> that's bad. You, you, did, you did the right thing in that situation, I think. Yeah. And I probably would have, like, just kind of ignored, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, and the same that same day actually, before I got on the metro, give me like a round of applause when you. <laughs> the same day on the metro, I was walking, I was crossing the street, and this car like really didn't stop at the red light. Yeah, because I know I don't do anything, but I like, you know, I hit I hit the car. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, it was a very nice car, and this guy walked out, very sort of I don't know. He looked like, I don't know, it's a stereotype like this Middle Eastern kind of passion and like aggression and was like really kind of physically imposing himself upon me and mm-hmm. it was dark and it was, I was by myself and it was really you know intimidating and then this other guy was walking down the street and he saw what had happened and he got up in the other guy's face and was like no he's like you're in the wrong you're in the wrong and all these things and it's nice like you have to write these you know and I think the next time this driver pulls up to the stop sign he's gonna think twice yeah and that's how things improve <laughs> Change the name of your podcast. <laughs> Body, David Hetty, hero. Um, yeah, I mean those are those are two those are two good examples of of, of intervening in like. Uh, now I could wish I could remember the you know the cab example, not, not the cab example. Well, the cab is a different. The cab is kind of a different thing. I mean that's an, that's a little embarrassing, I think, but it's also like, yeah, was I working at the time? I think you were probably broke. I think you were, you know. Because um, if I was in Toronto, and it was like four years ago, that's when I just finished school. Yeah, I think you probably had no money. <laughs> but I think even the, the offer of, you know, of splitting or whatever is like the... <laughs> that's the convention. That's what you go through. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you're making me feel bad for not offering to... <laughs> well, that's the whole idea. <laughs> that's, that's not why I came here. <laughs> um, it's like, it's like, that's how conversation works. 
But when you've done these in the past, have people... Okay, I mean, how many have you done, actually? Oh, just this is the second. Right. <laughs> never, never mind. <laughs> but I feel like you are often the one who has a problem with someone else. And then I think a lot of the... The word, the word on the street is that people's, you know, the problems that people have with David Hetty is oh, when yeah. you have become incensed about some, you know, minor, minor brooch of social, David Hetty's, you know, decorum, de- decorum that, uh, right. That's the so word. I feel like if you who has a problem with more, you know. Yeah, maybe I'll, you know, it's a good idea. Maybe keeping a tally, like a daily, you know, people say like counter blessings. Yeah, counter grievances. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> And and then yeah, like do you get do you like, <laughs> yeah you because you, you do get worked up about them sometimes. Sure. You're like they don't you know, you don't kind of roll with it like. No, I have to tell myself <laughs> that perhaps this individual, like the person on the you know the train with the music, I have to tell myself like maybe he was like Mentally you know abused like, as a child, yeah. and like who am I to judge how how he behaves? And maybe I had all the benefits, yeah, and privileges. <laughs> That's like a complicated thing you have to do in your mind each time. Like, is <laughs> a. One time, uh, one time that comes to mind actually now is when like, on the subway again, uh, I'm standing right, like in the doorway, the right up against the way back against the glass, you know, partition. Mm-hmm. And then we came to the stop, and this elderly woman uh, wanted to exit the car, and I was sort of standing to the side, and she told me to move out, move out of the way, and I said, "There's pl- like there's plenty of room," and this is like a you know white-haired woman with a yeah. cane, things like this. And she's like, she's like, you're in my way. And I was like, I was like, yeah, like, there's plenty of room for you to walk. Like, it's like half a step off. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you move out of the way? Because it's outrageous. <laughs> because, because, I, because it, was, it was just as much for me to move as to why, why, I mean, why? It, I mean, but you just move in that situation. She's an old woman. She's, you know. But I would have had to move much more than she would have to move in order for, to allow her exit. She's old. And, well, you know, doesn't mean yeah, but me, so that's and it, and it doesn't mean anything for you. It's that's the principle that you're you're not you're not actually annoyed about having to take three steps because that doesn't mean that. But it's like a little. It's like you know what? We're all. It's this weird like public space, and we're not. I don't, you know, we're all standing where we can. We're standing where we can, mm-hmm. and she can't like deviate. She can't be have a little bit of generosity to move out of the way. She has to tell me to move. And, and you know, it could have gone. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I mean, what happened was, yeah, because I just felt like she could have been a little generous. It wasn't, I wasn't standing like my front to her, it was my side, my shoulder, you know? Yeah. And so what happened is, you know, she said, move. And I said, I'm, I'm not moving. <laughs> and then, and then she started pushing me. And I, I, I said, like, I, I, you know, she wasn't moving me. She was this old woman. And I, yeah. was, I was like, look, like, this is nothing that's going to come of this. <laughs> And she kept pushing, and she wouldn't move. And then another person pressed the emergency alarm. <laughs> this is a St. Clair West, and one stop away from home. And they push the alarm, and people are kind of like, you know, getting a little antsy, and like there's murmurs and all this. And and then a TTC official came in, and he's like, "What's going on?" And uh, so the you know the bystanders they explained what had happened. What? Did, how did they explain it? Well, different people took different sides, and so. <laughs> And so they were saying, like, you know, she was no longer, he was no longer. It yeah. happened, and they were both, you know, similarly or differently unreasonable. And then the, I mean, there was no, like, real, 
there was no no there's no resolution like no one you know there's no like arbiter of who was in the wrong yeah but the official basically basically he's like look he's like next time something like this happens like just get out of the way <laughs> Obviously, you wasted so many people's time. Then you caused like an incident. I didn't, I didn't press the alarm. <laughs> there were, no one was in peril. <laughs> she may have had, you know, had a stroke or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect example of you know. Yeah, I, I don't think anything. I don't know if anything good came of that interaction. You know what? Something did come. Something did come that was good of it because it was right before I was leaving to Morocco. And I went home and told the story, and my mom was like freaked out. She's like, "You can't do this! Like, pick your battles." Da, 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 da. Yeah. So I went to Morocco, and this this guy was like, "Do you want a free tour of the souk?" And I was like, "Free? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cab ride." But <laughs> he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "For no money?" He's like, "No." I was like, "Okay." And so we went around. We went around, and then he, and then he asked for money, and I was like, "No." Like you said, and this was my second day there or something. So how did I know about what goes on in Morocco? And uh, he's like, "You're gonna give me money." And I was like, "No." And for some reason, I don't know what happened. We ended up at my hotel, and he was actually like outside my room. Yeah. And then he came into my room with his friend, and he kept demanding money. And I was like, "No." And then you know, but he's in my room. They closed the door, and so finally, I said, "Okay," because at that point, anyway, it was like twenty bucks or something, but. So I think that, you know, understanding that you pick your battles and, like, this isn't worth, like, getting the shit kicked out of me. But you didn't understand that for, like, <laughs> until it escalated to the point where he has his friend in your room. In my hotel room. Yeah. I don't think that's a... I don't think you've learned anything. <laughs> 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 like, the stakes got higher and higher in that battle. You should have given him 20 bucks at the end. You should have said, no, thank you, instead of testing this, you know, this free thing. But it's a little kind of... Un- like, it's a little unreal that someone's actually going to use physical force. Like you didn't, you didn't believe that. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't have. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like the stakes are like a little too high to, to test I know, it. It's out. not worth it. Yeah. But uh... you're coming off very well on this podcast. <laughs> That's <laughs> the idea. It's, it's 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 just like training in rhetoric. Yeah. It's like the ultimate heckle. <laughs> you give someone a week to think about it, and then you're found the spot. <laughs> No, but that's the idea, really. Because it's to sort of justify all these all these behaviors. I mean, do you, but do you justify the cab thing? No, that was that that wasn't very like neighborly, probably. But I, and I got mad at you though. I got mad at you for not saying okay. Or was it the proposing mm-hmm. itself that was like so outrageous? No, no, we had an argument back and forth. Mm-hmm. There was like a. Yeah, no, it, it turned into like, you know, it's pretty good natured probably, but still, mm-hmm. still an argument. Uh, I mean, like I'm driving into LA in a week, <laughs> and I'm not. It's not my car, but I'm helping. You know, I'm, that's different. That's totally different. <laughs> I'm able to Chicago. I've like, had to pay for gas anyway. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> I haven't been eating anything the past couple of weeks. <laughs> I haven't said a single word. Of this. Um. You are going for sure? Well, that's the right... No, who knows for sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I thought you were going to pull up the time that uh, <clears throat> I was supposed to visit you in Montreal and uh, got to Kingston. Yeah, that was terrible as well. <laughs> yeah. But that's just like... 
But your indecisiveness. What can I say what happened? Yeah, yeah. I was going to go visit you in Montreal, and I was like, you know what, I'll stop off in Kingston to see a, fr- a mutual friend of ours. And you said, yeah, and then the mutual and, friend and I are going to continue then, on to Montreal. And then I said to my friend, I said, look, I was like, I'm going to get on the train early in the morning, and I'm going to go to Montreal. It's like, if not here, just come to Montreal and like hang out with me and Nick. He's like, all right, sure, sure. And then I got to the Kingston train, and we started to, the train started to move towards Montreal. And then I said, you know, I don't want to go. And I asked the ticket agent to stop. And, and so I stopped the train. I hopped out. And I stopped back. the train. What, what was going through your mind in that one second? It's like, you... like, do I really want to be in Montreal? But really, with that, it, there wasn't anything more dramatic to stop a moving train. It was just I mean, like, just ah, begun, I'd rather just not. begun moving. I know, I know, but still. But I think the reason is, is because I understand things can change. And so I feel like, okay, I don't feel like going to Montreal now. But I still have time to change, to see how I feel. That's why, that's why it, you know, when it started to move, I was like, all right, like, I, I still don't want to go to Montreal, so. But if every, that's, I mean, this is another fundamental criticism of your character, but if you don't make a specific, if you leave everything open up to the, like, very second when it's not open, right? then, then your whole life is just constantly making decisions. You're in a constant state of, like, yeah, I know. deciding one way or the other, because nothing's ever set. If you... If you decide something, you're going to Montreal this weekend, then you can put it out of your mind and if it's, and you make the best of it. And that, even if fundamentally the idea of going to Montreal is a worse choice in like, you know, is, is a worse choice than going to Toronto, your experience of that will be, will be better than, you know, yeah. if, you, if you're not constantly worrying about whether it's the, the right one, you can, after you make a choice, my, my whole thing is you're just like retroactively, you're convincing yourself it was the best one and you were, you know, becoming, <laughs> I you were becoming happy that way. I understand, I understand that in principle, Yeah, but I don't, I don't believe that there is such a thing as like, as, as really going with a choice until like at all, basically, because you're constant, I mean, it's very like, you know, like existentialism 101, but you're constantly like rechoosing at each moment to continue what you're doing. And so I think, like, <clears throat> if I'm on a if I'm on a plane, yeah. I don't know, like, if you know, I, I, unless I'm physically incapable or it's logically impossible for me to change what I'm doing, I constantly have the choice to do something different. And how do you intellectually tell yourself otherwise? You just don't think about it all the time. You've you've made the decision. You've done this thing. You I don't know. That's that's when you that's when I start um, you know justifying that decision in my mind. It's that's that's where my my energy spent or you know you spent justifying a decision. So isn't I mean look it's like if I get, if I, I just got a new apartment right yeah and I saw like a whole bunch of other apartments and you know I could I could I could leave this apartment this month and get a, get a different one or whatever. But mm-hmm. like because maybe objectively there's like a slightly nicer apartment. You know, around the corner. Um, but because that, that like, constantly questioning my decision is so exhausting, like, most right. of my mental energy is being like, oh, it's pretty nice here, this is good. Like, that's, uh, you know, trying to justify that, that choice in, in my mind and make, you know, make it feel like it was the right one. And I don't know, if, you know, you can go too far with that as well, but... I mean, I think that... Wait, just to finish the story, basically. So, yeah. so, so Mike ended up yeah. not knowing that I went back to Toronto and he went to Montreal. And I didn't have like the greatest relationship with Mike as well. Yeah, and you spent the whole time looking for drugs, basically, and 
No, no, is that, can I, is that okay? Like, yeah, I don't remember, that because he wanted to find drugs? You didn't want to see him, basically. You didn't want to no. see him with me, and then you didn't even get me, and you just saw him, you had him at your yeah. face for two nights. So that's very rude, actually. <laughs> just because you had, like, a niggling idea that maybe Toronto would be slightly nicer, you, like, you know, pulled that on two of your friends? I think it was a terrible time, because I think I came back, because, like, for some girl, and it turned out she was still with some, you know, this other guy. That's you know? why you came back? I think so, probably. It's like slightly more so that's a reason. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. See, really? See, um, but even that. Okay. That's okay. Like, yeah, a, l- a little bit. But you didn't tell Mike, and you didn't tell me as well. Well, and did you consciously? Did you realize that like you were setting up a weekend with no. the two of us alone in Montreal together, or did you? I can't rec- look. I don't. I don't know if I had a cell phone at that time. I like, I mean, I'm probably neither. I mean, I had a way to contact you on the train. I didn't. I mean, Mike knocked on my door, and I was like, "Oh, where's David?" <laughs> And then I ruined the end of Anna Karenina for him. <laughs> as if he did, as if everyone doesn't know that she jumps in front of the train. He's like, I've been reading this for two years. <laughs> but I understand the apartment thing. Like, I'm, mon- I'm living here month to month. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you committed to longer, you would just, just... I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, who knows? There's, there's other people who are just so content with the thing that they have that it's like... It's ridiculous. They're not impatient enough. They're not like questioning their decisions frequently enough. But you, I think, you know people like that? Yeah, I, I totally know people like that. Okay. Um, but uh, but you spend like you, you know. I think you if I think you should artificially set like you know things that you don't need to decide on. Well, I know? think I think that's the appeal of having a kid. Because you just because that's just your priority. Well, like what else you can like you're like you're I mean and you know barring like some terrible thing yeah, like you're, you're this is what this is you're stuck with this obligation that you can't. Yeah, you know, like, maybe, maybe I'll go back and become an architect. <laughs> I know I'm gonna feed the kid. <laughs> I mean, maybe also that's your part of your like simplistic life thing. You you know you've like eliminated certain choices from you know you know a lot of uh, different clothes or whatever you have to right like choose every day. Your attachments. Yeah, your diet is like pretty you know. Meager, pretty meager, and like kind of unpleasant. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not thinking about it a lot. I bet yeah, you're reducing the decisions. You, I think, if every second thought is like, "What? How is this your life? That's okay." You know, that's <laughs> that's sort of that's sort of you know, if you, that's your mantra, then uh, it's a it's a pure way of living. But I think like, it just causes you a lot of uh, you know, a lot of somewhat unnecessary. Anxiety, especially when you've in those times, multiple times you've like said you're coming to Montreal and then not, or you've gone last minute, or you've like shown up when only my roommate's there and I wasn't. Or, like right. that's like a you know. I know. Um, but I think if you can keep it going, it's okay. Like it depends how it depends if it gets unbearable. Like if it costs you in the end like so much time and money and like you know anxiety, then that's terrible. But what if that's like I don't know? Like some people say like why do you? Like, you choose your misery. Yeah. Like, there must be something yeah. to get out of this. And, uh... I mean, you... you yeah, you really value flexibility and, like, the, you know, the ability to, like, change directions at any one moment. Because, to me, that's, like, that's kind of honest. That's kind of honest, because... But not I, committing to certain <clears throat> things also... That's that's also eliminating choices. You know what I mean? It's not like you keep yourself. It's not like by keeping yourself in a constant state of like you know, flexibility. 
by doing that, you were, you were closing a lot of doors as well, right? Right. It's like, I think it's, what's it, like The Age of Reason? Have you ever heard this by Sartre? No. And this is, the protagonist basically doesn't want to be concretized in the world. He wants to retain his freedom. And so he never chooses anything. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, like, you end up with nothing. Like, yeah, you know, like you, yeah. you know, you commit to your craft, for instance, and you devote yourself to something, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's sort of objectively as arbitrary as anything else. Yeah, exactly. But it becomes, I mean, not, I mean, ideally you have, it speaks to you initially, but yeah. also the more you invest in it, the more it means something to you. And so it's not sort of random. Yeah. And, and it's not, you know, it becomes something personally. Yeah, it's the same with relationships and all sorts, you know. Yeah. And everything, yeah. Yeah. Pets, um, you know, like this. Yeah. No, it's not. It's true. It's true. But then I think a lot of it also comes from necessity, maybe. Like, most people end up doing something because they have to. Why do they have to any more than... I think it's because they choose to, no? Like the... No, I mean, like, look at someone like, like Paris Hilton. Okay, actually, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to judge Paris Hilton so harshly. I don't know. <laughs> that's, your, that's your big concern. <laughs> well, I don't know her. I don't know her. Right, I don't yeah, know the person she puts yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but you know, she doesn't have to take care of herself. Yeah. And so she can just float around in the world. Uh, she has a music career now, I think. Does she? No, <laughs> she, she recorded an album. Um, but wait, are you, are you lumping yourself in with the Paris Hiltons of the world? Are you? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's why you see all these people who have, you know, who have nothing, these rags to riches stories. Because they had to, like, well, this is more complex than this, but they had yeah. to, like, make something for themselves at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly it's not like that, right? Mostly they still end up in rags. <laughs> it's like. You think so? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's like very few rags to riches stories. They're really great stories, but there's like, eh, mostly, mostly you just stay poor. <laughs> Um. All right. Well, do you, so so I don't know, but just like to close, like yeah. the back of this whole cab thing. Yeah. Um. I think you should have. Um, I think if I was in the same situation, I probably would have offered to split it, or just would have walked home. And, and and maybe I should have just you know. I don't know. What if what if what if someone had said or I'd said is it possible I like catch up like jump with you? Yeah, you know what that yeah that's like that's totally reasonable. For it's ending reason. here. The pocket's gonna cut right there. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't how it was exactly. It was a, it was a, like a philosophical argument about. <laughs> About you already spending the money, and so what difference does it make? That was what that was what irritated me. Yeah, but that's interesting because then it comes down to the way you present it. Yeah, totally. So it's for a- sure. I don't care about three dollars, <laughs> really. It's and, and neither do you in any of these instances that you're talking about. You don't care about the three steps around the woman, or like if the woman had like, I don't know, approached it in a better way. I'm sure you would have, you know, moved out of the way. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's yeah. like mainly about. Presentation, and I think that's another thing that you sometimes miss when you're talking about like the, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's actually part of the reason why I got tired of like philosophy. What? Like philosophy and ethics, because like, it's, it's, uh, 
you can select people are more complex than these rules. Yeah. Like life is more complex. Yeah. And that's why, like, that's why I think literature is also often so amazing when I don't read, read very often. Yeah. But it's like, oh, like, this is a real experience of, of life. Mm-hmm. Literature. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for the beer. All right. Thanks, Nick. So apparently, if we're to take something from the conversation, it's that people are more complex than rules or or reason would suggest, and, and it's about the way you present things. But I don't. I don't know if I so much are agree with that really because then it just simply becomes about the, you know the, the, the presentation the way what you say to people as opposed to what lies behind it for instance whether or not you know I, I, I'd suggested to Nick hey you mind if I, I jump in or had I made the argument I suppose I suppose though like what, what was what's behind it I suppose the idea is that the way you present something sort of it communicates or it suggests what, what does lie behind it. But still, that's not what we seem to get at. Like, for instance, from this conversation, what I took from it was that I was trying to convince a friend of mine, I was driving down to Los Angeles with her, and I wanted to stop off in Chicago, and she didn't want to, and she had these reasons as to why. And then so I, my goal was to, con- was to get her to agree to do what I wanted to do. Um, not because it would be bad for her. I, you know, I just thought it would be the, the most fun. And so I sort of employed this, what I learned from this conversation with Nick, that I have to appeal to her, her human side, her, you know, the emotional side, not just the rational. And then she agreed, and we didn't go anyway. We just drove straight past. But anyway, that's a different thing. Um, and I guess also, also as important is that I do still have this vibrator here. And I guess it's possible that my roommate may get to it first. I think, you know, she listens to this or, or, or not. But if you want, if anyone wants to vibrate it for whatever reasons, um, it's, it's light blue. Uh, it's a battery. It's, you know, it's apparently fresh. There are a couple of attachments. So, so that's it. So just get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me, I guess, through my, my, my website, davidheady.com. And also, you can go, you know, check out videos and little web series where I discuss terrible comedy evenings or what bothered me about them. So all, all these things online, obviously. And also, Nick Hewn Brown, who's, you know, an excellent, well-respected writer, journalist. Uh, yeah, so his name, H-U-N-E dash Brown. And uh, otherwise, that's it. Thanks.